what, what do white goods get? They don't, don't get much, do they, white goods these days? It depends. It depends. I mean, it's they're less, these are less than six months old, but you're right, you, you're right. You don't get anywhere near what you paid for them, really. Have we started this podcast? Is it now? I'm recording, yeah. Po- I'm, is it the I'm, White it's, Goods it's podcast? The white, it's the White Goods Review, yeah. Um, yeah. Start with anything, don't we, really? Yeah, we should say uh, you are listening to For the Love of Pog, a podcast mainly about cycling. And we are going to attempt, I think, to review the Giro 2023. Now, I'm here. Oh, still no cheer. Hey. Oh, hey. So we, uh, hey. Lawrence is here. <clears throat> hey. hey. And Stu is here. Hey. 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 And Andy is not here. Ooh. Oh, maybe again. How much so, of the Giro did you actually watch? You? Uh, well, when you sent me that link that day, I watched. I watched that day. That was it. And then I watched a little bit yesterday because Randy was there yesterday and he got it up on a little tablet. So I saw that. I saw the finish. Saw so Cavendish win the uh, win the win the stage. Yeah. Now we're going to come back to Cav. I, want to, well, I think we need to get into Cav retiring and winning that final stage. But I think we should probably start with the pink jersey, shouldn't we? So, Rog, worthy winner, Loz? Worthy winner in the end? Um, I actually think, on reflection, I think I called it the day before when he clawed those three seconds back. Um, I think he was playing a very cagey game. I think he, I think as much as Thomas was in control, I think Rog was also in control. I think waiting and they'd obviously planned for that last stage. So there you go. Yeah, I think it was weird, wasn't it? Because it felt like for me, it felt like the GC battle never really got going after Evenepoel had to leave and then Bakewell Tart crashed out. And it felt like it was a brand new race, but there was never, it never felt there was a, G, a proper GC battle for the stage. I mean, there were GC battles in the last couple of weeks, a couple of stages between Thomas and Roglic. But I think you're right. He never, it always felt as if he got something in hand. And I think of it like this, Thomas probably was surprised to be there. Mm-hmm. And he thought, wow, I've, got, I've got, really got a chance of winning this Giro now. Whereas Roglic probably thought, uh, I don't know whether he would have beaten Evenepoel. I mean, who knows? Evenepoel looked very, very strong. Um, but I think he always, like you said, he, he had something in that penultimate, well, the the the, the, the um, stage nineteen, uh, and then stage twenty. I think he probably prepared a lot for that for the time do, trial. Do we know if Thomas has actually ridden that climb? They didn't. Well, they didn't say that. The only rider to do a, uh, to, well, I think the only leader, in, one in the top ten, I think, well, maybe only rider at all to do a reconnaissance was Roglic in the morning. Exactly in the morning. Well, I also think he. I think that's. Well, I need to check up on this, but it because it of where it was, because how close it is to Slovenia, I just think he 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 must have gone and tried it. And I don't think Thomas, because he hadn't done that much, I don't think he would have gone and done it. But then he no. probably just thought, I know what to do at my pace, and but you had to ride it in a very different way. And he plan and uh, Roglic. Had I think you're it. right. I think the Slovenia thing's really interesting, isn't it? Because I bet he would have gone all in, whatever he was going to go all in for that stage, wasn't he? But it just felt as if it was a race that never really caught fire because it was a different, the weather, completely the different GC help. battle. The weather didn't help, yeah. and then you had obviously, obviously, the, uh, some of the the leading riders um, having to leave the race through COVID or through, through crashing out, and it because it was so backloaded, wasn't it? It was never. I just didn't feel it ever really got going. And it, was it? There was no GC battle for a stage, was there? Apart from the time trial, not, nothing on the mountains, the breakaways, winning, of, and yeah. 
it felt it really disjointed. But mm. and even the way they presented that final time trial on the TV, you didn't really know how far ahead he was. You couldn't see him riding into pink, and it just it felt as if they were telling you it's going to be exciting, and it was. But you never felt it. Just I don't know. It, not as much as it could have been. I, I find uh, I found yeah, it a bit weird, a bit of a weird watch. A lot of similarities to the Premier League. You know what I mean? You had a leader out there for such a long period of time, <laughs> but you knew there was this force, sort of like just waiting, waiting. in the wings to sort of like to to go for it and to do a, a lethal blow at the end. And also, all the other contenders just didn't turn up this season. You know. They just usually crashed out, but you know Chelsea, United, all those Liverpool just weren't there. Hello, horse race. That's mm. true, isn't it? What was what was the moment when because Arsenal was doing so well, so far ahead? What was the moment when it just sort of turned? Then do you think? Well, Arsenal drew. They drew with Liverpool. Drew last three. Time. They had three well, games they, on the trot. They had a real yeah. wobble, and then that, that's that when they it. clawed it all back. I mean, if they if they if they had won those games, they would have had six points, and they would have won the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway. But the, the, the I don't think Roglic has ridden like that before. He's never. No, I don't think he's, he's he's ridden it to be as controlled and go for a killer blow like that. He always he's always you know he did he wasn't in pink the whole whole time. He wasn't in pink Just the whole so. time, and I think I, I mean I will never know whether he could have beaten Evenepoel or not. Evenepoel had never really been pushed in that that third week of of a Grand Tour, so I don't know about that. Do you think Thomas? Did he blow it? Thinking oh, he was so close. Did he blow it on the time trial, or was he? He just didn't have it in him. Do you think? I don't know whether thirty, you know, being thirty-seven, he just couldn't do it on that particular climb. It was too punchy for him. It's difficult to say, isn't it? I don't think he. I think, I he think seemed to say it. afterwards that he, he, yeah, what, what was it? Fourteen seconds. He. I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but it's not a rider like that saying I couldn't have gone fourteen seconds faster, which is what he said, which is quite. It shows how difficult that climb must have been. You know, there was a weird thing though. With... Go on, Stu. So he gave everything he did. He's thirty-seven, as, as you say. Mm. You know? It's a shame for him in a way. I do feel. I do. I, it's it's one of those things where if he'd have won that, it would have pipped sort of Wiggins, wouldn't it? It would have. It would have done one extra. It would have than, been really nice. Wiggins, it would. It? I think it would have been very good to have done that. It would have been really nice because I think Ineos rode as a team really well. And I think Thomas did, fan, you know, fantastically well. He looks really strong, and like I said, he had a beautiful interview at the end. I don't know whether you heard it, where he said, "I'm glad I lost by that because it would have been two seconds. It would have been even worse." Although it was only fourteen, but weird little things though. Did he need the the, the helmet change? And he took a long time over that. It did I, seem to I take. I didn't see that. I heard helmet, that elsewhere. Yeah. Helmet change took ages, and he almost seemed to be taking it really coolly. And I thought, well, you haven't got much. You haven't got much time here to waste, and it felt very unineos to think. Why would you take the extra five seconds? It wasn't that hot a day. Did he make? I mean, he's the only rider in the top ten, I think, that changed the helmet. I think one of the other Ineos riders may have done it in the top ten, but none of the main contenders did. And I thought that was really strange. Yeah, a little bit weird. Yeah, was it even that hot that day? I think it was mid twenties. Was no more than that. It wasn't. They weren't. Like you say, that is that's a bit. It's too casual, really. The other thing with this Giro was uh, that I didn't really engage with. Was it's nice to see a breakaway win, but it just felt as if every day was a breakaway. Where and the the peloton were kind of giving up and letting them have it. And I know it's races within races, 
but it, we never had that enough. I don't think of a, of a GC showdown, especially in that final week. It just it just felt like too many races in one. I don't know what you felt about that. Yeah, it was a, it was quite a bit of that. Um, I think it's also that thing of really backloading a, a tour. You know, if making it so hard in that final week, it does it does that make it the best it can be? Because I think it puts so much emphasis on it. Do you get people really going for it in week two or trying to get some seconds in week two because they just know it's going to be so hard in week three? So you, it it does take a long time to get going. I think you think you're right. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it all pushed to the back because you want to have interest throughout the rest of the rest of the the tour don't you you want to have different sorts of stages and and you want to make teams have to really think okay how can we how can we take seconds here on every single stage how can we look to to grab time whenever we can and it just felt as if uh Jumbo Visma were just waiting well okay we've deploy our weapon in the last two or three days and that's it which was the stage where something happened to Roglic and Ineos didn't ride. They didn't. They didn't try and take advantage because he wasn't oh, in pink. There was. There was. There's one of the stages where they could have. They could have pushed the initiative there. And like you say, they they didn't. And that's probably being you know very nice and honouring it because he met Adam Mechanical or whatever it was. But again, not being ruthless enough to try and get every second. They probably weren't thinking that because they're thinking, oh, it's so difficult in the last week. Yeah, I wonder whether even on uh, I mean, you and I were speculating this a couple of days ago. Thomas probably wasn't probably wasn't the number one rider. They expected uh, Teo to be in a better position, and then that to suddenly think, oh, um, now I'm now we've got to focus on Thomas. Um, and he probably wasn't prepared for it. Really, I mean, he, he was he hasn't really raced that much, has he? I mean, amazing wow. to be in that position. Like you say, I do feel a bit sorry for him because it would have been amazing. He might have even ended his career. Could have been well, his last I season. Is, that, he, been is it. that is that it now? Really? I mean, he look. He still looks solid. He still looks really consistent. He, you know, it doesn't look like he wants to stop. But is he ever going to get that chance again? Like, like I said, I don't think he was the main rider, really. He's still an incredible athlete. Looked really strong. He obviously could carry on his career. But whether he'll ever get a chance to come that close to a Grand Tour again, I doubt it. Having said that, I don't know what their Velta team is. And he might think, I've got one, maybe one more Grand Tour. Or will he go, he won't go to the Tour now, will he? He'll go, will he go and help at the Vuelta? Or would he, I don't know. I don't know what, what his plans are. Well, could he Could he challenge for the Vuelta? I suppose would Roglic, it would be a, Roglic going there again, wouldn't it? So it could be that. But he's close Evenepoel, to him. It's, 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 again. it's close to him. Yeah, if Evenepoel's going for it, then maybe it's a different Although they're now saying Evenepoel will go, now he will go for the Tour because he came out the Giro early. They will change. No, I th- I heard that he wasn't doing it. Well, I heard that he was. Stu, what oh. did you hear? <laughs> we're so we're so on the pulse. <laughs> to quickly double check. <laughs> I, I thought like you. They all said, "Well, he'll never do that because he because it would take a lot." Some people were saying, "Well, he'll go to the tour now," and then obviously people with brains were saying, "Well, um, yeah, but the whole team has been set up for the Giro. You can't just bring in then riders who who base their their season around doing the Giro and have Sudi to go to the Tour. So you're probably right. You probably won't go. I, uh, I could have swore there was speculation, <laughs> and then Patrick Lefebvre, um <laughs> had said no. But he could well, have that's it. That's it. Then, isn't it? Yeah, we but why wait? That, we, we, we've speculated about. I this know. I, I don't not, understand. He's not. He's not 19. You know, he's been around a while. I don't get it really. Um, if he's no, I, I don't understand it. Surely, with you know, I mean, Pog Pog is pretty much the same age. 
and he's won the Tour de France twice, could have won it three times. And yet they're, they're holding Evenepoel back. Has this tour, Stu, got you thinking about being any more interested in cycling? Or is it just... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I do, what, what I definitely do want to do, and we discussed this last time, ah, is yes. hire a camper van and, go to, and, and, do, and do, you know... Do well, if we move, have you moved forward with the planning? Yeah, I mean, I think we all update. agreed yeah, we want to do it. So if if you want to kickstart the plan, are you in? Are you in? Okay, so next year, hundred percent. Which one did we? we um, how long for? Did we decide that the welter was the best one to go for because it was the most, it was the easiest in terms of less people. We, the tours, the tours, you know, the tour is a straight no because it it's be too cool. busy. Too it's just too busy in your camper van. I think if you want to be able to get close to action and follow it for a few stages, then I think it's Tour or it, it's uh, Vuelta or Giro. Northern Italy, we fly you know, fly into, you know, uh, Turin, Torino. Get the train. Get the train. Yeah, easy. Train it, hire a camper van. Bish, bash, bosh. But yeah. I'll, you know, you can source the wine. Matt can be the Matt, Matt can be the. Uh, you can be in charge of, of of bikes. Matt's in charge of wine. I'll be in charge of food. Your pod will be flying by that point. Say, well, we'll be live doing live podding. Pod, live podding, podding then, by won't we? Um, I'm still struggling to find out whether he did win it on his debut. Come on, facts. Skip the facts. This this is not a I've podcast. Got, got, facts. I just want to find out what it is. It's not a fact based podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just pure rambling it's called for the love of pog and we don't know whether he won on his debut which is not no. very good really is it you know nothing about him really. <laughs> about him <laughs> now we were talking about we're um, not even decided we're not even decided if we all love him either that's the big question oh well that well i'm big big tick from me who, who doesn't love pog i'm warming to him warming to him Stu. what where are you yeah, I don't mind him. I don't. Think I don't he mind is. him. <laughs> well, and Andy and I are all in the love category, I think, aren't we? I think, I think maybe I'm the one who loves him more than anybody else. What about for the love of Pino? We need to get onto that. Well, we'll come. We'll come to Pino. In fact, maybe let's do Pino now. So it's a shame Andy isn't here because we're, we can talk. It's fine though because we can talk about it with Andy. He's a very, <laughs> he's a very big fan of Pino Tebow. Um, but for me, for me, it's very much a Pino. Very much a Pino. I uh, I do not understand. I, I genuinely don't understand the fascination well, or uh, adoration. Hold on, hold on. I've got the adoration of Timo Pino to, to anybody, really. But cy- a lot of cycling fans seem to absolutely adore him. And I genuinely don't understand why, right? He looks weird on a bike, for starters. He always looks at to say, look, I'm riding my bike. I'm a professional cyclist here. I'm bobbing up and down. Never wins anything. When he's in a break, you always think he's never going to win the stage. Well, no, we're done. I don't know. No, pog swashbuckling. I, I just don't. No. Contador was, Contador's the epitome of swashbuckling. No, I, we've talked. No. Maybe. Anyway, maybe. let you finish your ramble. Yes, just let me finish. Let me finish. I forgot where I was now. Um, never never wins a stage out of a group. And when he's, a, when he's on a one-on-one, as he was in the Giro twice, you know he's not going to win. And I just find it, it, he must drive sports directors crazy because in all, I mean, he's not, what was he 32? So he's not exactly, he's not young or old, really. He's now retiring. He's 33. He's 33. 
Yeah, the 33. Top facts, Stu. Top, well, well done, Stu. And I, I don't so understand. I celebrate I, 33rd birthday in Rome. <laughs> there you go. Well, Thomas was 30, 37 during, with the Giro, wasn't he? And Pino was 33. 33 is nothing these days of professional sportsmen. I don't get it. I just don't understand the fascination. So does anyone have a case for the defence here? No, I think we're in agreement. I think, I, I think I'm a little less harsh than, than you are. I don't mind watching him. I think I think what people like about him, he, he runs, a, he owns a farm. He likes his goats. He, he posts pictures with his goats on Instagram. You know, he's 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 a, he's a different. He shuns all the the stuff. So therefore, people like him because he's he's not he's not he's not living in Monaco. You know, he's not doing all that business. So therefore, people that's what people like about him. the the integrity and the honesty of of his riding. But actually, I think what it at the end of the day you're a professional bike rider and there's ways of winning races and he could have won a lot more races if he'd been a bit let's be blunt cleverer and or mm. cleverer in a you know clever sportingly clever and that's just annoying he's done it twice in this year he could have won two stages if he'd been clever yes and i wonder whether he'd taken the two stages over winning the blue jersey for the mountains jersey really i mean that's 100 percent yeah, exactly. Exactly. You've got to win. Got to win the races, haven't you? And I, I just think other riders now think, well, if I'm up against Pino, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this stage. What do is stick on his wheel and frustrate him. He'll get annoyed. He'll keep trying to attack. You won't. Ha- you won't have the massive killer blow because he's not actually. I don't think he's that actually that good. He's never been blistering, has he? Really? I can't remember ever seeing him. I mean, obviously, he's won bike races. I've, I don't think I've ever watched him cross the line first. I just don't he remember has the last time. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I, I just, I don't really enjoy watching him. I suppose is what I'm saying. Stu, have you got a view? No. Stu's views. No. You like Pino, though, do you? I like, I like What's your name. view of Pino? I like his name. Good name. Had a good Pino lately. Did have a Pino yesterday. Tell us more. Too much Pinot. <laughs> was it a bit too? Was it, was it a bit too swashbuckly? Yeah, <laughs> a bit too lively. Too much swashbuckling. Yeah. And couldn't and didn't have a good finish. Yeah. What are you drinking there anyway? What are you drinking there? Me? Yeah. Oh, it's the same. It's another bottle of that uh, Italian. I can't remember what I said it was now. It's, it's still on the Aldi. Did you buy? Did you buy a crate? I bought two of. No, I only bought two of those. So Cav then, so look, uh, last uh, final stage yesterday, quite an interesting sprint, wasn't it? Build up. And I don't know about you, I always I always take more of an interest in a sprint when Cav is is in it. And I must admit, I thought there could be a oh, it would be amazing if he if he won on the final day, you know, he's won a stage at every Giro he's been at. He have he's been there or thereabouts in the sprint so far, but never really looked like taking one. He crashed, had a bad, bad crash earlier on. Obviously, a really difficult final week. So even to be, you know, to make it to the end of the Giro is pretty incredible, at, you know, at 38 years old. Um, did he win too easily? <laughs> it looked as if, did they, I'm going to be really controversial, did they really sprint to the line? He won by like a seven bike lengths. I think it's misleading. I think it's misleading. I've watched it back a couple of times. I think it's misleading because, one, it shows... The whole thing when Thomas did a lead out and stretched it out, that's when Cavendish is always at his best because 
it gives space and then he can play with the space. He even, I mean, he slowed up, even when Thomas then pulled off, he dropped back about two or three places and you thought, wait a minute, he's messed this up. But I think it allows in them time because the pace has been stretched out. Everyone has had to kind of go for that two kilometres, you know, harder than they probably would want to have done. So suddenly now everyone's on the limit and that's when he's always at his best. So therefore he was able to play in the space. And then I think the crash helped make it look different. There's someone else made a very good comment uh, on one of the other podcasts. The fact it's on cobbles and what's his name? Milan with the way he cycles with this kind of ridiculous, massive power output he puts, but kind of bobbing up and down and being thrashing it around. Wasn't going to get the right traction. And, and he also just looked knackered. And it's it's the end of three weeks of racing. And he just looked for a big bloke absolutely gone. So he had nothing left. So I think all of that plays into the fact, fact that then Gavira going long, who's never going to make it because he never does. And that all then played into Cav's hands. And he was actually, because in those moments, he wants it so bad. He had the space not to be knocked about by anybody else and was able to nail it. So there's always a, there's always the back of your mind going, oh, the narrative's too strong. The narrative's too good. Is cycling a little bit like that. But I, I think the fact that I think everyone's knackered. It, I think it was the one when he, was, he could win it. And I think you're right. I think the Thomas lead out was amazing. I think you're right. You saw it stretch, and then he did. He did. He was sort of in fifth place, wasn't he? And he held back a bit. You could see him really tucking in, and he thought, "I've, I've got this." You could really see him getting, almost see him getting excited. I was getting excited. excited I've got then. a chance. I've exactly. genuinely got a chance. I'm not having to fight for a wheel, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then he thought, and like you say, at the end of the three weeks, he's very good at this, and he always, he always seems to. Well, he comes back and surprises everyone. People have written him off, and then he comes back, and he will always pull it out. And he did look genuinely overjoyed at the end, as you, as you, as you would be. But I suppose, yes, it did look a very comfortable one in the end. And there was a bit of a crash, wasn't there, with uh, Ackerman went down. Huge crash. Um, but you're right, he rode it beautifully. And Thomas put him in the perfect position, which obviously he's not going to have. I don't know what Astana are going to do for the tour now, because you need he needs that person in the last, you know, between kilometre two and kilometre one, doesn't he? When, if he's in the top five with a kilometre to go, then he has that chance, and that's when he's very, very ruthless. And he was ruthless yesterday, and it, it was brilliant to watch. But I was just saying, I was saying um, whether you feel about this, Stu, when Cav is in the race, I just take more of an interest in the sprint. I just do. I just it, there's something about it. I've, it when I watch when I watch the tour, thinking, oh, we, he's in the sprint. It just makes it more of an exciting race. And when he finally retires, it's going to be really weird. I think it's because because it, it's how he attacks the sprint. You know, I mean, and, and maybe just because you've seen him do it so many times. Your name isn't Stu. Well, I I agree. (laughs) I just jumped in. I've got this bit of a love-hate relationship with him. He does make, he is is good to watch. He does make it more exciting. And he has been quite unlucky as well, I think, over the years. You know what I mean? He's come off his bike quite a bit, has been crashing. But I'm not sure if I completely like him as a person. You know. He's he's a, I know what you mean. He wears his heart on his sleeve, doesn't he? There's no, like, sometimes you don't want to hear what he's got to say. It's like, can't really temper himself, can he? I, I know what you mean. I uh, there was an interview on Eurosport. Eurosport did they put out before the stage? I don't know whether you saw that with an interview with him. And he, what I do like about him is that he gets emotional when he talks about the sport. So he absolutely adores the sport and loves dissecting his 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 uh, his finishes and and just loves talking about it. And I find that I find that really nice. He, he absolutely adores it. So I can't. I've like that inspire. I find that inspiring. 
I think obviously he could be the sort of character that as a teammate, he probably is amazing one minute and then bloody awful the other. And he must cause people headaches. But you can't argue with, I think 100, that's, 100, that's win 162. You know, he win he wins races, doesn't he? And as, as a team, we've got a teammate who will finish it off. That must be quite amazing. So I know what you mean, but I think I, I can I, imagine I think he loves absolute... the sport so much that I, I I just love listening to him talk about it. But I can imagine he's incredibly difficult because, like I say, he, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very particular. All the stuff interviews you've heard with him, he's you know he's, he's on OCD. I finally got to the Thomas helmet change. It's happening now, um, but it's it's passion, and he, that's what he does. Like you say, he has a passion for the sport. And I think that's that's what comes across the most. There's um, a question for you. Do you think? Do you think he'll be allowed to win a stage at this year's Tour de France? That think? is a good one. Yeah. But this is the question. I mean, they—they they, like, oh yeah. yeah. Well, Matt's suggesting that you know, you with even with this one, if he didn't, he, you know, he's, that means he's winning every single Giro. But I just think, yes, with cycling, you do worry that there's the occasional kind of the peloton letting things happen. But I think in a sprint to make, I think it's very hard to let that occur in the way that you think it should occur. Otherwise, it looked really bad. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. I mean, don't don't forget, he nearly won two years ago when he was pipped by um, uh, what's the name on the line on the on the Champs Elysees. Uh, got out of my head. Come on, Wout. Wout. Van Aert, when Van Aert pipped him, and that would have been the fairy tale. He would have, he would have um, beaten the record mm. yeah. on the Champs Elysees, and they didn't let him do that. So I mm. think I, I think Stu, I think you, you could easily make a case for that, thinking, oh, it's his last. What he na- they, he's now told everyone, this is my last tour. So the pressure pressure's on a bit more. Um, it probably will win an innocuous one that it doesn't look well, like winning. Do you know what I mean? It would be that early, early, an early stage. Get it at exactly, exactly you know I mean? that. Yes. No, one, no, no one's going to let someone win on in Paris, are they? No, yeah, you, you don't give that. Because that's, that's the big one, isn't it? It's the big one for the sprinters. And the problem is he's wanted some of these things too much. Like, you remember in Yorkshire, you know, when he, I mean, you know, he wanted to win that stage. Well, was he, he wanted to be in yellow because he wanted to be in the yellow jersey. He's exactly. never, he never won the yellow jersey And then he crashes point. out and he lost, he lost a couple of years from yeah. that crash, really. And then he had Epstein-Barr after that. He had that illness, yeah. which took yeah. ages to diagnose and everyone thought his career was over. And Exactly. When the pressure is on like that, sometimes it just doesn't happen. So we weren't really expecting it yesterday, were we? We, we, we thought, okay, he got a chance. But then it went, oh, ways, and he's done it again. I, I wasn't no. even thinking of it for him. I thought, he was, nah, he's not, he's not in it. I mean, the, the big, I mean, I think you're right, Stu. I think an early stage, one of the early sprint stages where there's less pressure on and he might just nick it and the pressure's off and he might even win two or three at that point. Do you know what I mean? It might go that way. I'd love him to do it because because he does deserve it. I mean, it's it's like he's so close just to to put the record to bed. You know, he is the best sprinter. So for him to just get that accolade and be done. Has he got the team to do it? No. Well, they were saying this is the speculation now because Astana haven't got a lead out train really. And he was saying when he was interviewed, he said, you don't have to have one, but it helps. But it's what Thomas did yesterday. I don't think Astana, have, obviously they haven't got that rider because there wasn't an Astana rider to do it for him yesterday. So they need, I don't know what they'll do with that to put him in the position with that, you know, under the flam rouge, he's in the top five and then he's, you know, it'll be, he'll just want it more than anybody else, won't he? He's got, effectively, you could argue, one sprint left in his career. That's what, that's what it all comes down to. And he's looking at And there's a lot of, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of luck needed for that. 
Yeah. Everything's got to come together. Have you? I've not looked at this stage. And what? What? How many sprint stages are there? Good. Good question. I don't know. Uh, there'll be there'll be four or five chances though, when they're at least I would think. Yeah, um, that'll be the way it goes. So just as while you've got it on, then. So what do you think on the on the head helmet change? Uh, I think there's nothing in that. It didn't actually seem that. It just seemed relaxed. I don't think it, that they didn't seem to lose time on that. I don't think. He lost. He, he lost, but he would have lost two or three more seconds. Two, two or three more seconds, yes. But I think in the in the thing of like making yourself feel comfortable, blah blah, blah I think that's what that was worth the risk. It didn't seem to get in the way. I don't think that was it. So two of the riders stood out for me in the Giro. Right, we had uh, Austin Healy, Ben Healy, and uh, Derek or Warren G, as I like to call him, um, who was attacking almost daily and never won anything, did he? Uh, but as Ben Healy did actually win, um, what do we think? Ben Healy looks a little rising star, doesn't he? Yeah, no, I'm, I, I, having not known much about him, it, he was he was quite amazing. Um, like his style, he's the new he's the new Thomas de Gent, so uh, which which is very nice to see. And is, is Thomas de Gent crossed with because um, he's got the same accent? As Dan, very, as Dan Martin. As Dan Martin. He's also, Thomas de Gent merged with Dan Martin. He's another rider from the Midlands riding for Ireland who sounds exactly like, uh, sounds pretty much identical to uh, to Dan Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Uh, and G was great in having, again, known nothing about him, but he was unlucky. Uh, and I thought he spoke very well. It was quite emotional when he, when, you know, when he, he didn't quite make that last one. Yes, he had a go around the final stage, didn't he? Just as one, one last go. But I think, I suppose it was one of the it was one of those tours, wasn't it, for breakaway stars and just you know people just trying to have a go, which I think which I think is really makes it you know exciting racing, I suppose. But uh, I suppose Ben Healy, we wanted to talk about him because Andy again, who's not here, raised the issue of uh, education. What they're called now, Easy Posts Kit. Mm-hmm. So uh, we need to look at this. So can we get Stu get it up on screen, right? I love it. Great kit. It's a bit more. It's a bit more downplayed from their, you know, their their previous. What do they call them? Um, they've got a word, a, a name for kind of these 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 one-off kits for the Giro. Um, yes, because yeah, it's, it's mainly in pink, aren't they? So I like it. I must. I like it as a jersey. Do you like it as a jersey? I don't mind it. What I'm not a big fan of, and it's only on the shoulders, is cream because it looks like it's skin. Looks like it's skin color when it's not wearing something. I I think you're right about that. Although I I don't mind that as much. I don't like the green. I just do not like green in sports kits generally. And they've got the green and black panelled shorts. So I would I just don't like the green at all. I know, you remember the Europe car kit? Yeah, Tommy Volkler was wearing all the time. I just, I just don't like green. Green sports kits disgust. I just do I, not like green. I think they got away with it. It didn't look bad. It's only a little bit of but, green. Yeah, it was kind of it was camo, green. camoey green. Yeah, yeah but you got exactly. half the shorts in green, though, haven't you? I know it was subtle enough. It was all right. Do you think yeah. it worked just about? Also, the cream. The cream actually. I look at different shots here. It's quite. It's more white actually than green. Depends which shot shot you look at. I don't mind the cream as I don't mind the cream as much. Maybe it's in the wrong place. Um, I prefer it with that. I'd prefer to have uh, maybe change the green for a blue when you have blue shorts. I don't know, but it's not. It's a good kit. I think it's a good, very distinctive. Although they do wear those POC helmets are the worst ones in mm-hmm. the peloton. 
I just yeah, think they look bad. terrible. They've never, I don't think they've changed the design in 10 years, have they? They just look awful. Um, I actually think, this. sorry, just to, just to finish, I think the blue on the shorts, did you just say that? Well, they've got... Um, See, I think the green the, works on the shorts, but that blue on the, the left-hand side sh- short panel, I don't think works. Well, it looks black to me. I don't know if it's black or blue. The trouble is that yeah, bl- that colour is nowhere else. So whatever you go for, I think the shorts should have a panel on the jer- on the jersey so it matches up. So I get, I get it. I get the green. If they were all green, then it would work. But the blue on the shorts or the black on the shorts doesn't go. There's no other panel on the on the jersey. Could you um, have gone with? Because it got orange on the pockets. Could you have gone with? That'd have been crazy. Have orange on where the blue is. We've got a sponsor, which is a uh, can't quite read it, but anyway, Coberick Nippo on the nipple, Nippo on the nipple, <laughs> a Nippo on the nipple, Nippo on the nipple, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're giving a thumbs up to that kit. Then I think it is quite distinctive, isn't it? I love it. Yep. Uh, just back to to uh, Cav. He eyes seven slash eight sprint chances on the. T- mm. That's quite so, a lot of options, there, isn't it? Quite a lot. So we've kind of done, well, well, let's not call it a review. We've had some reflections there on, on the Giro 2023. Has anyone, uh, has anyone got an AOB? I built a bike shed last weekend. Hold, hold, hold up. You Whoa. built a bike shed. Right, I'm just going to settle in now. So Shed talk. W- w- shed, shed talk and bike talk. So the floor is yours, Stu. Well, I said I built it. I constructed it. You know, I bought it. I bought it. I bought a, 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 one of the Asgard ones, and I've been after a specific one for a while. It was a grey four one, and I found it. It was new, but the guy couldn't fit it. He already had one. He was quite wealthy, I think. He lived out in Windsor, and he got he loved it. He bought a second one, but he realised he couldn't fit it in. Can you describe to me its uh, its opening? Yeah, he's sort of like just you got two locks, and you, you have to sort of you know slot. The, slot the key in and turn it quite quickly because you can't really hold the lock. You could get your finger underneath it to grip it. You've got to be quite decisive. And that lock just flips back. And then then it's got like, a, you know, these little, uh, what do you call them, like pneumatic almost like bars on the sides where it pops up. So oh, it's, top a front, it's a front opening one rather than the doors. It's got both. It's got the doors at the front. Oh, double, oh, double opening. Double yeah. opening. How, wow. how big is it? Well, it's a, how big it, is it? This is it's a four bike shed, and you know a four by. By it's a struggle. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a jigsaw to work it out. How to get four bike four you know four adult bikes in there? I, I we we could have a long conversation about this, and I, I and think Joanna struggles with the with the the precise nature of how you've got to put the pedals to get in the optimum position. So is it yeah. is it an easy four an easy four bike stories then? No, no. I mean, yeah, I, I've uh, I've looked at a couple of configurations because Tula's got a quite a big sort of like mountain bike, which is an adult mountain bike. I've got my my road bike, and then I've got so Emma's bought a new a second hand bike, which is is what I'd call how can I put it's like it's like a shopper bike, you know, with a basket on the front. Oh, beautiful, yeah. <laughs> beautiful, and then uh, and it's really yeah, but storage it's really heavy. That's, that's... <laughs> I did say, do you want that basket? Said, yeah, it's really handy. And I was like, oh, God. Um, that one goes at the back, I suggest. That one goes to the back oh, of 
Maybe, yeah. I, I feel, I mean, it's, I think we've, we've started something here. I think for next time, I do need to see photos. I need to see photos of it empty. I need to see photos of each bike going in. A little video even. I think I need to see this in action. I've got one question, for, if I'm allowed. Yeah. Go for it. How many screws do they come with, with the little bolts? Because you put it together, didn't you? Yeah. They take forever. There's so many. There's thousands. There's quite a few, and also I had to get a bit of butter out as well. Because some some of them weren't, you know, they weren't screwing in. So I had to butter them up. <laughs> I have another question, not about screws. What colour is it? Grey. Grey. Best colour. I mean, the green one. Stews, buttery screws. Stews, and, then the, and, then, and, then, and then the cream one. Talking about, yeah, talking about that kit. The... Uh, the EF Pro like the Easy Post kit. It's Asgard, yeah. They've got the 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 sleeve. The green is the same color as the already a bit lighter, slightly lighter. Then the cream is the other one, and then they've got the grey, which is not on the kit. The grey is definitely the best color. I and think. where? And talk us through location. Where's this gone? What's well, gone? The front garden. Front well, garden it has to be. Yeah, it has to be a front garden thing. You know, otherwise, What's especially if you live in London in like a terrace, that's the whole point of it. To keep the put the bikes in the front, then you haven't got to cycle them through the house. So can we have an update next week on the configuration of bikes? I think that's yeah, what I, we need I, to hear next. I think a little video, a little, little video, seeing you opening up and then putting the bikes in, how much of a struggle it is. I, I need to see that in action. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, little bit like, you know, when you get something that's been uh, packaged up and you take it out and then you they actually don't want this. You've got to send it back and put it in the packaging. And it's virtually impossible to get what you've just taken out of that packaging to get it back in. Because there's, there's somewhat, some smart ass has worked out. You can save like, you know, about half a pay on every item. But obviously when you're doing millions of them, it, it makes it a lot of money. But yeah, you're trying to get that thing back in that package. It's like, how did it come? How, did, how does it fit in here? It's a little bit like that. I mean, it says four in the tin, but Getting four in there, it's not straightforward. Well, looking forward to more uh, bike shed uh, chat next time. Loz, you have any A or B? I do, but it, it's quite a big one. But I went to... Uh, you could, you could I, tease I, us I, with us now. For... Well, I was in London yesterday for what is now um, the two-part... Well, it's, it's the women's... Uh, what's it called now? It's the ride. It's a ride. It's called Ride London, but it's a stage. It's race. just called Ride London, is it? Sorry. Yeah. Yes. It's three, now the, three the women's. They've, they've ditched the men's. It's now a three staging, which is great. Uh, and, but it's now combined with the free ride, which used to be uh, on a slight a different day, I think, from memory, um, where eight miles of closed road around London, uh, everyone could come, cycle their bike, nice atmosphere, and it's been brilliant. We've gone for many years, and it's been really, really good. Um, Went this year, tried, you know, the kids are getting older, harder to drag them along, but managed to drag the youngest along. Um, and it's really lovely. But many, many thoughts. One, it's now sponsored by Ford. So a car company sponsoring a, a, a sort of free, uh, cycling event, in there, which is, you know, we can talk maybe more about sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. But, for, you know, a car company. Is it? Say again. It's not the first time you've had a dodgy sponsor. It's not. It's yeah. dodgy, but I just think it's the wrong message. And, and then also the atmosphere it then created, um, and, and just the atmosphere in general, having gone for many years, 
was just not the same. So they, they combine it out now on the Sunday with the women's race, which is kind of good. Gets some crowds going and all that kind of stuff. Um, which is one of my main point, which I'll come back to in a minute. But it, the atmosphere just wasn't as sort of celebratory. And previous years, it felt like a bike festival over the whole weekend, which felt like, you know, there was a whole sort of takeover. And this year, it felt like it was squeezed in. And one of the main things was the roads were closed for pedestrians, for cyclists, uh, for, for, for non-competing cyclists from 10 until 3 p.m. So we turn up and we're cycling around. And there was a moment at, at 10 to 3 as we're coming down Piccadilly. And we'd heard one of the stewards say something about, you know, you're going to have to get off the road soon because the race is going to close it for the race. Fair enough. Cycling down Piccadilly, two motorbike outriders come down Piccadilly, get in front of us. There's hardly any of us on this particular bit of road. There's maybe about 10 cyclists on this bit, a few more coming down. Start shouting at the top of the voice, get off the road! get off the road now. They'd parked at the bottom of Piccadilly, were pointing and pointing and pointing. And the stewards on the side didn't really know what was going on, even though they are supposed to be coordinating the race and the stewards as well. So the stewards sort of didn't really know to open the gates. But the motorcyclist was sitting there shouting at the stewards and at us, you've got to leave the course now. Start off the course, off the course. And, you know, I'm with my 11-year-old son and a few of and everyone was a bit confused. And so we all get off the road but we're like, well, hang on a minute. We, we were just enjoying riding around London. And actually, I do want to watch the women's cycling race, which I will gladly do. But why on earth did they put it down to motorcycle police motorcycle presence to sort of shut the roads down? It, it was just the most idiotic thing. And if my 11-year-old son was like going, well, that's why are they shouting at us? Was the time, was so, this, so the time wasn't up on the free ride. It was just badly organised. As a cyclist behind us said, well, there's five minutes to go. Right. Because yeah. it was five to three. And so they're trying, closing at three. trying to wrap up, but not doing it in a very good way. And, and totally agree. Well, weren't, they, weren't, they, weren't they, the racers, you know, a good few miles behind anyway? Well, the, the races hadn't even started. So that we were yeah. coming down towards Piccadilly. The, the start finish was on the Mall. So it's a circuit circuit race. Right. So, so they've just got to close the circuit. Yeah. But the, that's the point. It's a circuit race. They could have just gracefully closed the circuit down. And gave everyone warnings. Had people maybe on bikes with tannoys. Yeah, so you, you know, count you down, know, tell us to go. Where's the cyclists with the with music mm. blaring and then tannoys telling people you're going to find a spot in a minute? Blah blah blah. It, no, no, mm. to have police motorcyclists screaming at the top of the voice, saying "Get off!" Literally shouting "Get off the road." Yeah. I thought it was utter garbage. This this yeah, event. I mean, rubbish. I'm with you. I mean, I remember when it remember when it first started and the whole sort of ride London festival and it became a, it became a big thing, didn't it? A huge thing. Obviously, people doing the hundred miles on closed roads, which is unusual in the UK. It became fantastically successful. I think the sponsorship aside, though, which is I think I think it's part of a bigger conversation. It's become an event that I'd almost take no notice of now. Right? I didn't even realise there was still a free a free ride as part of it. I think what's most disappointed me most, because I did, I did the Brompton World Championship four or five times as part of it. They even included that. That used to be take place in a, at a different place. And then they used to have a, used to have a race around uh, St. James's Park before the women's crit, which is fantastic. And it, it did feel like London was closed for the weekend for cycling, which is amazing. Festival of cycling. Yeah, it was really, really good. And But I, what, I want, what I thought they might do is think, okay, We've closed London, uh, you know, eight miles, like you say, which doesn't mean the city comes to a standstill. You can still move around it. Let's do this every month or let's do it every every Sunday. I thought it might lead to that. It's never gone anywhere. 
and it just Especially became then. With, it just became then just, this this annual thing where it might become just a, more about a professional bike ride rather than well, that's let's think like how it. we could cycle around the city. Well, exactly, and it's not thinking about how do you make how do you make the whole city just decide. We're, this is all about cycling because there's now many. All, think about it, the last five years. There's now more many routes into London, into central mm-hmm. London, that could be used for people to cycle along to get in. So instead of, you know, giving well, that positive thing about the whole city being part of this. Well, that was my book. Become, well, yeah. the one good thing. The one good thing about the road race. So, so, so we did get off the road, and you know, this the cycling hub in Trafalgar Square was really corporate and just crap. So they didn't feel like there was a great place to go and be be part of everything. Um, but what they did do is they obviously because it was now a full circuit round, round the whole of London rather than just being a crit round um, St James's. That was really good, and what was great was that the opposite side of the road was not open back to traffic. So actually, we were able to cycle along the route for most of it, watching at different points and picking it. So we picked back up the route at several points. That and that was the crazy thing. They told us to get off the road, but actually. They could have great put us just onto the inside, which is what happened anyway. We went back we onto went closed road. The other side of the road, you mean? Yeah, we went back onto closed road. So it's like, well, there was no communication at all about you need to be filtered off now, and then you're on this side, and the road race is going to go on this side. But you can watch it by cycling along with them, which was brilliant. Yeah. Steve, have you ever taken the kids in to that to those free rides? No, I haven't. I should do. I'd like to do it. Well, I, I took. I remember yeah, taking I, when when. Sounds all, the police just get it wrong, don't they? They get so many things wrong. Yeah, it sounds to- totally yeah. unnecessary to me. And in fact, you know, it's hardy hearing that as an eleven-year-old, thinking, "Why, why am I, why, why am I being shouted at here? I've done, I've, I've actually done nothing wrong, and yet I'm being shouted at here." And I, the only, the only reason this thing is happening is I'm here. That's the point. Yeah. Otherwise, we, yeah. they wouldn't run it. But I, d- I have taken the kids in in the past, and I've had. Um, uh, this is probably three or four years ago since we did it. And what used to always irritate me was thinking, I'm catching a train into London to ride a bike. Whereas what we should be thinking is, we need to ride all the way. It should be the simplest thing to do. We all ride together on dedicated infrastructure to Blackfriars and pick up the, pick up the route. That's did, what we I should that be la- doing. Not, well, I, not I did getting do the train in to then cycle a bike. No, and there are there are group rides that follow that go in. I did that last year. We, followed, we joined a group ride and people do go in that way. It's just the fact that it's another seven miles for a young child and that's that's quite a long way to go for me it's quite a long way to go but mm. th- but people do do that and they do do group rides in but i didn't see many of much of that um, you but but seven miles wouldn't feel anything if it was dedicated infrastructure you wouldn't feel it at all if, yeah and if it wasn't such a little yeah the difficult moments of it being uh crossing certain junctions and stuff yeah, yeah exactly round to well, over round, well that, that was pretty good though it's pretty good but i think we should come back to uh the sponsorship things like you say Stu. um Ford, weird, a bit of a weird sponsor. Obviously, British Cycling with Shell caused huge controversy, didn't it, with their sponsorship yeah. recently? Um, sponsorship and cycling, I don't, yes. I, think, yeah. I mean, obviously, they've got the money. They want the money, but it's just wrong. It's the wrong message. I'm sorry. The wrong message. There must be some big Ford. Foot I mean, they're, elect- elect- they're promoting their electric vehicles, but by calling it Free Ride Ford, it's almost like Free Ride in an electric car. And it, it was like, Nothing to do with cycling, nothing to do with running your bike. Yeah. And the reality is whether a car's been driven by a battery or a, or a combustion engine, people behind the wheel can still be a complete menace to cyclists. Absolutely. Well, should we, um, should we wrap it up there, chaps? I think that one is to pick up another time, don't you? Should we, uh, should we go? Done. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.